Pastor Mike here. Thanks for giving us a few minutes of your time today. Uh, If you haven't already, I'd love for you to sign up for our daily email. It's a great way to start the day. It's the way that I start my day. (laughs) And it's a way to bring God's word straight into your inbox first thing in the morning. Uh, My teammates at Time of Grace do a fantastic job of giving you video and written devotions, blog posts, podcast episodes, and the occasionally fun and quirky social media posts. And all of it's to encourage you with God's amazing word. Just go to timeofgrace.org to sign up today. God's been giving to me and giving to me and he's, he's been generous to me and he's blessed me and he's blessed me and he's blessed me. But God has every right not just to give, but to take away. And when that moment comes, what will I do? You know, physically or financially or relationally or spiritually, something changes. When, when I leave that mountaintop and, and I journey down, down, down to like where my friend is at, when I get all the way down and I'm sitting in that valley, What will I think about God? You're listening to Mike Novotny on Time of Grace. And I want to ask that question out loud because I'm guessing you're going to have to ask it sometime too. I don't know on that scale where your life is right now. I don't know if you're kind of like me, just enjoying the mountaintop of God's goodness and generosity or you're somewhere in the middle or you're really at a difficult, hard stage of life. But sooner or later, I think all of us have to answer the question, what do I do when I'm in the valley? I think sooner or later, uh, there's one of four valleys that all of you are going to have to journey through. It might be one at a time or, or maybe you're one of those unfortunate people who has to deal with two or three or maybe all four of them at the same time. I actually want you to write these down. So if you have a pen, if you're taking notes at home, here's four valleys, four difficult things you might have to deal with in life. The first one is physical. It's the the pain, the the suffering. Something goes wrong with your body or with your brain. And every day becomes like holding on for dear life. And if any of you struggle with anxiety, Uh, If maybe some of you are at home right now because you were so anxious, you didn't want to be here with us at church, and and you're trying, and and you're praying, and you're you're breathing, and and you're taking medication, but it's not going away. Or if you or someone in your family is battling depression, and it's just this roller coaster that the medication helps, but it, it doesn't totally heal, If you're getting a little bit older and you're just realizing it's only going to get worse, like your heart isn't going to get healthier, your your joints aren't going to get better, the pain you're trying to manage, like it's going to seem good comparatively in a few years from now. If you're battling MS or, or migraines or headaches that don't show up for a few hours but a few days, it's hard to wake up in the morning and say, God, woo, yes. You're so good. My life is so, I'm so blessed. It's hard to feel that when you're in the valley of physical suffering. Or maybe your valley is the second one. Not physical, but financial. Uh, One of the things I love about our church is that we're able to share the good news of Jesus with people who are on the whole financial spectrum of wealth. And I know that some of you are, are like here. You're, you're scraping by. You're on the edge of homelessness. You can barely pay the rents. If, 
If you're one of those people, your friends invite you to go out for a drink or for some food or for a coffee and you seriously have to check your bank account to see if you can. When inflation and and rising gas prices aren't just like annoying, but they seriously make you wonder how you're going to pay the rent and get through the month. Or if you're on the other side of that spectrum and maybe you have the house and you have the car and you have the business, but man, there's something incredibly burdensome about braces and tuition and payroll and quarterly reports to the board. I don't think it matters actually how much you have in your bank account, but the pressure of financial hardship can, can break us. Have you been there? Third, though, might be worse by far. It's not physical or financial valleys. It's the relational ones. I'll tell you what, you can be healthy and you can be wealthy, but if you feel lonely, you can be knocking it out of the park at at school, but if you come home to a family that's dysfunctional and angry and argumentative, you can be the best kid on the basketball court, but if your parents' marriage might not make it, or if you're a parent and one of your kids is just making train wreck choices and everything else in life is so good and you have the beautiful house, but your heart it is broken every time you lay down in bed? If you're dating someone and he just won't commit? Or you're married to someone and she's not so sure about the commitment she once made? Like, man, if, if your closest family and friends aren't like this, but they're, they're like this strained or, or like this distant, it's hard to go to bed and feel blessed. Fourth and finally, and certainly not least, are the spiritual valleys we go through. It's when you feel far from God, when you don't sense the presence of God, when you haven't felt the joy or or peace of the Holy Spirit of God in too long. It's when you look around in church and everyone else seems so sanctified and holy and good, but you, you know yourself way too well that things aren't changing and, man, relationships aren't getting better, you're, you're, Temptation seems to know your name. You don't feel forgiven. You don't feel connected to God. And as you look at that list, I'm not sure if you've been in one of those places or all of those places, but I'll tell you what, when you end up down, 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 down into the valley, it is hard in that moment to lift up your hands and to praise God. Here's the big question for the day. What will you do when you're in the valley? When you're broke or your body's broken, when you're going through a separation or you feel spiritually stuck, what, what, what will you do? What will you think of? What, what will you say to yourself? How will your faith survive those moments and prove that you're not just using God for the mountaintop moments, but you worship him at the highs, the lows, the hills, the valleys, the, the blessings, or even when you don't feel blessed at all. Well, today, we're going to open our Bibles and discover another don't-miss moment in the life of Jesus. Because, not, not to give away too much of the weeks to come, but did any of you know that Jesus died? Yeah. So his life got pretty hard. He's doing miracles and these huge crowds are following him, but if you know the end of the story, it doesn't doesn't quite end that way. 
Uh, Jesus ends up journeying down, down, down into the valley where his body is broken, his clothes are ripped off his back, his, his friends flee, and he spiritually feels forsaken by God. His closest disciples, his best friends, Peter, James, and John, are, are going to struggle. They're going to be tempted. They're, they're going to fall. They're going to fail. They're going to be scattered. Like, they are about to journey into the darkest valley. But before that moment came, God blessed them with a don't-miss moment. God the Father gave both to his son Jesus and Jesus' closest friends something they desperately needed so their faith would survive when they left the mountain and went down into the valley. And today I want to share with you exactly what God the Father gave. So the next time you find yourself in the valley, you can make it. Not just surviving spiritually, but thriving and praising the name of the God who is constantly and always good. So if you have a Bible with you or you just want to follow along on the screen, we're going to be today in Luke chapter 9. This is called the Transfiguration of Jesus and here's how it begins. After eight days... Oh, about eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. As Jesus was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. I kind of picture, um, you know the little uh, brightness bar on your phone? I kind of picture like Jesus was always oh, glorious here, but when he came to earth, he turned it down to 5%, and this is one of those moments where the father went, <laughs> and oh, Jesus is like full, full-on glory, splendor, his face is shining, his Middle Eastern tone is overcome by the brightness of the sun itself. His, his clothes go from brown and tan and brownish tan to glowing white like the sun. And who shows up but two starters from the all-star Old Testament team, Moses and Elijah. Boom! And they're there, and these three get into a conversation. Can you, can you imagine? I, I wish we had the transcript to exactly what they talk about. Moses, Ten Commandment Moses, Elijah facing the prophets of Baal, Elijah, and Jesus himself. And Luke gives us this little snippet. They spoke about his departure. They're talking about Jesus' death. I don't know if, if God sent Moses and Elijah to like hype up Jesus so he'd be ready for the valley. Um, we do know that the word departure in the original Greek that Luke used is the word exodus. Pretty cool to think about. Moses, who once put the blood of the Passover lamb on the doorposts so he could save people from slavery in Egypt and lead them through the exodus, the departure from their slavery, is now talking to Jesus about his exodus. That he's the real lamb of God. That by his blood, people like you and I can escape the slavery of sin, death, shame, guilt, they get into this amazing conversation about the real exodus that Jesus is about to fulfill in Jerusalem. And then I don't know if it was supernatural or not, but I think God sent an angel to poke Peter. And he woke up, and James woke up, and he elbowed John, and John woke up, and they became eyewitnesses of this don't-miss moment. <laughs> I love what Peter does next, verse 32. Peter and his companions were very sleepy. 
But when they became fully awake, they saw Jesus' glory and the two men standing with him. As the men, that's Moses and Elijah, were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, uh, Master, it's good for us to be here. Let's put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But Jesus said, no. It would have been super easy for Jesus to stay there. But you know why he said no? I'll give you one guess. You. Jesus loved you so deeply and he cared about you so much that even though he knew there would be a cross down in his valley and a crown of long thorns hammered into his head and Gentile soldiers spitting into his face and unappreciative people chant, even though he knew that was waiting for him. He cared so deeply about your forgiveness and your salvation that you could go through this day and fall asleep in your bed tonight believing, I'm forgiven? I I sinned, but God's mercy is so much more. He cared so much about you and me and our connection to God that he didn't go camping with Peter and his friends Instead, he filled up his heart with the acceptance of his father and he journeyed down into the valley. Verse 34. While Peter was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, this is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. Was that for Jesus or for the apostles? I I still don't know. Jesus, whatever happens and and you know what's going to happen, you're my son. Whatever you think in the most horrific moment when the sky goes black and you wonder if I have forsaken you, no, you are my son whom I have chosen. And Peter and James and John, you've just confessed that Jesus is the Son of God, the one chosen, the Messiah, the Christ. Whatever you are about to see in that valley, do not forget this moment. This is my Son. Listen to him. Don't listen to your heart, your feelings, or what your eyes see. Listen to the Son of God that I've sent. There on the mountaintop, the disciples and the Son of God got to remember the most important things in the world, that there is a God who speaks that he affirms Jesus as his son. And whatever Jesus says to us must be true. Listen to him. So, put it all together and what do you got? Grab a pen. Here's the big idea for today. I'm going to summarize it like this. When you're in the valley, remember the glory. When you're down, down, down in that dark, dark valley, remember the light, remember the voice, remember the words, remember the glory. Jesus in his darkest moments could could remember the echo of his father's voice, you are my son whom I love. The disciples, if they weren't so forgetful, they could have remembered, no, 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 it's all good. This, This is God's son. We did not make a mistake. 
And you and I, too, when we find ourselves in that spot, whether it's physically or financially, relationally or spiritually, when we are stuck in that valley, we, too, get to remember the glory. But let's be honest. That's not easy. I brought a little handmade sign with me here. Um, raise your hand if you can read this. All the way in the back row. Yeah, I see some hands back there. Yeah, you know why the sign is so easy to read? Besides my beautiful art skills? Because it's really light up here. <laughs> like when things are light, when things are bright, when all is good, it, it's fairly easy, like my life right now, to think, oh yeah, God is good. I'm blessed. God is love. But here's the question and the challenge for you and for me. What happens when the lights get a little bit dim? What happens when the blessings aren't bright and shining, but things get a little bit harder? What happens when physically you're, you're asking God to help, to provide relief, to, to cure the illness, to make things better, and he, he does nothing? What happens when, when financially you just want to break, you just want to find a job, you just want to keep a job, you just want to, you don't want to be rich, you just want to get by and God does nothing. What happens when you just want your family to stick together, your, your parents to make it, your relationships, what, what if you just want to find someone, start a family, have a baby, and yet it's separation and it's divorce and you, you beg God for some transformation, but but there's nothing. What happens spiritually when you feel lost and you feel stuck and you feel sinful and you want to feel it and you want to experience it, but God does nothing? When you're in the dark, and you can't see, and you're trying to remember what was so clear in earlier days in the light, what, what do you do? Here's today's answer. You remember Jesus. You, you listen to him, just like the Father said. You take the soft glow of a 2,000-year-old cross and you try to tell your heart, no, 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 God, God is good. If Jesus could have stayed in a tent up on that mountain, but he did not. If he could have extended his transfiguration, but he traded it for a mount of disfiguration, God must be good. And even if I'm broke, and even if my body is broken, if God gave his one and only son, the son who he so dearly loved for me, then God has to be good. The devil is the prince of darkness, and he is the father of lies. And when things get dark and you're in the valley, he will lie constantly to you. And here's what you say back to him. No, no, no. If God gave his one and only son for me, he must be love. If God traded his glory for my suffering, he must be good. 
If Jesus Christ chose the crown of thorns instead of a crown of gold, my Father must love me more than I will ever understand. In those moments when you can't see, don't, don't trust your heart. Don't trust your eyes. Instead, remember the glorious things that you once sang and saw in the light. In your sweetest moments when you praise God that his name was good, he does not change, even if life does. And so when you're, when you're there, when she breaks the news that she doesn't want to stay together or the doctor says, you might never have a baby and the boss calls you into her office and she says, sorry. When that moment comes and you get back into your car, you remember the glory. That God is constant and God is faithful. He is the same God when you are up here as when you're down there. Brothers and sisters, no matter what happens in this life, you will never be alone. Let's pray. God, I, I praise you for your constance. Now, we read the news, we step on the scale, we check social media because anything can change in the blink of an eye except for you. Yesterday you were good, you were forgiving, you were truthful, and you were kind, which is exactly what you are today. It's what you're going to be at our next birthday 10 years from now and a 1,000 years from now. God, I, I thank you for being unchanging. You are not like a human being that you should change. You are God. Your constants, Heavenly Father, is our rock. If you were loving enough to send your son 2,000 years ago, but you changed over these past two millennia, we would have no hope. But no, you are the unchanging God. And so today, we, we all confess with a childlike faith that you are good. You're always good and you always will be. Thank you, God, for your generosity in my life and for all of our lives. Whether things are going right or wrong, physically or financially, spiritually, we have blessings that are better than anything else. We have you. We have the promise of eternal life where there is no mourning or death, where no one's broke or broken, where we never feel nervous or anxious or depressed. There is just the, the glory that Peter saw for just a moment waiting for us, and it will last forever. We thank you, God, for your love and your promises in the name of your Son. We ask all this in his glorious, holy, unchanging name. And all of God's people said, amen. Do you find Jesus really interesting but kind of confusing? Maybe today you sense that God is working on your heart and giving you a new excitement about the things of the Christian faith, but you're not quite sure what to do next. If so, you're exactly the kind of person that I wrote this brand new book for called The Basics. Uh, it's not AP Bible, and it's not going to answer every question you have about Christianity, but it's going to get you back to the basics of why Jesus is worth following today and for the rest of your life. If you're interested, just go to timeofgrace.org to download your free copy. Are you feeling hurt, lonely, heartbroken, burned out? Jesus knows exactly how you feel because he felt it too. And he wants to walk with you through whatever you're facing today. Find strength and comfort for the road you're on in Pastor Ben Sadler's book, Jesus Knows, 90 Days Through the Gospels. Jesus Knows guides you through reading the biblical accounts of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Jesus knows what you're going through. He laughed with friends, but also cried out to God from pain and fear, and he knows how to lead you through it. Because the same God who suffered with us is the same one who conquered sin to save us. 
Jesus Knows 90 Days Through the Gospels is our way of thanking you for your financial support to reach even more people with the good news that Jesus came for them too. Request yours today. Visit timeofgrace.org or write us at P.O. Box 301, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53201. Time of Grace doesn't end here. Visit timeofgrace.org and explore encouraging resources or sign up for our daily email and have everything delivered right to your inbox. Like our Grace Moments devotions, Grace Talks devotional videos, blog, and podcasts. Follow us on social media where you'll find a supportive Christian community. If you need prayer, give us a call and let us know what's on your heart. Thank you so much for your support. See you next week on Time of Grace.